Today I'm going to talk and tell the story of Lazarus. Do you know the stories in the Bible are not just for our children? There's always, anything Jesus did had a message in it. And so um, I'm going to talk about Lazarus and the story. Uh, and so I'm going to back up. We need to know what happened before Lazarus died. So let's go to John 10, 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal kill and to destroy i have come jesus said that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly i love that scripture i am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep but he who is a hireling and not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is talking about us right here, the Gentiles. He's going to bring the Jews and the Gentiles together. He, you know, Jesus was a Jew. He came to speak to the Jewish people. But now he says, let's look at that scripture again. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, that's us, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, that's us, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, now what happened was, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and he's mad. Who do you, li why do you listen to him? The Passion Translation says, this man is demon-possessed lunatic. I like that, that 
translation. Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now, it was the Feast of, ded of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was wintertime. Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. <laughs> They're a little dense. How many times did Jesus say to them, I am the door, I am the way, I am the good shepherd. I have come that you ha have abundant life. They could not hear or see the truth. Their ears were dull to hearing and their eyes were blinded. Jesus answered them, I told you, <laughs> can you hear the frustration in his voice? I told you. And you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you. Right here, he was telling them they were not of his sheep. They were not in his fold. They did not believe. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Now, he, he already said, no one's able to snatch him out of my hand, and we're, nothing is able to snatch us out of the Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I love these four powerful verses because it's talking about us. We are forever in the hands of God. Isn't that awesome? Uh, that's what he said, I give them eternal life, you know, and that we'll never perish. Right there, you know, that's enough to just rejoice over, amen? And then he said, my father who has given them to me. See, God gave his, his children to Jesus to bring in the fold, to bring us all in. God gave us to him. And it, it says it's great, nothing's greater than this. I love that. But guess what? Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Again. They've tried before to stone him. The hate in these Jews were raging. It's raging hate. Before this, they had tried to stone him. And here they are again trying to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? He's asking them a question. Which of these works do you stone me? They're all good works. 
The Jews answered him, saying, For good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. <laughs> and because you, being a man, make yourself God. So here they were condemning Jesus. They did not understand. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? Did you catch that? I said, you are God. Here, here Jesus is telling them. Right here, he's telling them about his deity. I said, you are God. This, this is found in Psalms 82.6, but we're not going to go there. You'll look, at, look it up later. But here, Jesus, the word, he is the word. He was the one that said this. I said, you are God's. This was before Jesus was even born. If he called them gods, Jesus said, to whom the word of God came, then scripture cannot be broken. He said scripture can't be broken. He's telling them you shouldn't break, this, break what the, Lord, the law says. Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. He's saying here, don't believe me if I don't do the works of my Father. But if I do, though you do not believe me, he knew the truth, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me. So he's saying, judge the works that I do. See what I do, if it's good. Therefore, guess what? They sought to seize him again, but he escaped out of their hands. So many times the spirit of Antichrist want, wanted to kill Jesus. I personally believe God covered him where they couldn't see him, and he walked right through the crowd. So many times, even when they tried to throw him off of a, a cliff, he turned around and walked right through the crowd. Nothing was going to take him before his time. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Now, John the Baptist had already been killed. He was already dead. But Jesus went back to the Jordan. And this was the place that Jesus was baptized. I want you to notice that Jesus' ministry started at the Jordan River, being baptized. And at the end of his ministry, he went back to the same place, to the Jordan then many came to, came to him and said, John performed no signs, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true. And many believed in him there. They saw the truth. Their eyes were open. Now let's look in John 11. Now a certain man, now see I wanted to, catch you up at what was going on at the time. There was so much 
so many people, all those Jews that wanted to capture him and, and catch him and stone him or put him away. So I wanted you to know what was happening before Lazarus. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and the sister Martha, her sister. It was that Mary, it was this Mary, you know, that who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, this wasn't the same Mary, not Mary, uh, Jesus' mother. There was many Marys and many, many Johns. <laughs> and so this was Mary of Bethany. Yes. This is the Mary that wiped, wiped her feet, wiped his feet with the oil in the ha her hair. Yes. This is Mary. Anybody know what to say to that? Was it Mary Magdalene or Mary of Bethany? I, well, it says here it's Mary of Bethany in the scripture. Yeah. So there was many Marys. <laughs> Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus, sent a messenger to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. They knew Jesus loved their brother and they knew he would come and heal Lazarus. Jesus was the only hope that Mary and Martha had. This was an urgent request. There was no room for delay. <laughs> they were desperate. They didn't have doctors or hospitals to call go to or emergency rooms to go to. When Jesus heard that, he said, the, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus already knew the plans of his Father. He already knew them. And God's timetable is perfect. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days <laughs> in the place where he was. Have you ever wondered why Jesus didn't hurry to the house of Lazarus to heal him? It's because Jesus knew that he was going to do a great miracle for God's glory. And he was not in a hurry and he only did what his father told him to do. Jesus only said what his father told him to say too. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go again. <laughs> he knew it was time. So this had been three days that Lazarus had died and that it takes a while for them to go from the Jordan all the way up to Bethany. So the traveling time, I guess, was the fourth day. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? <laughs> like, duh, why are you doing this? Jesus answered, 
Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Here Jesus was trying to tell them he is the light of the world. And if you have the light in you, you're not going to stumble. These things he said, after, after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. I like that part. I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, in other words, let him sleep, he will get well. <laughs> However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. <clears throat> and I am glad for your sakes. <laughs> Can't you just see him shaking his head? And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. They had problems believing. Nevertheless, he said, let us go. Then Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Oh, boy. Thomas was saying what most of them was thinking, that Jesus was being threatened to death. And going back to that region, they may all die. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them. They were in their home and they were comforting them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, and Mary was sitting in the house. I can just see Martha running to Jesus. Then Martha said to Jesus, out of breath, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And she took a breath. But even now I know that whatever you ask, you ask God, God will give you. So she knew in faith, she knew God, she, they would give it to Jesus. Martha didn't understand that Jesus was fully God and fully man. But she understood that Jesus was able to do all things because of the power of God that was in him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I love that. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. 
Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Jesus revealed another piece of his true identity here as the resurrection life, expressing that all who believe in him will live even after physical death. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard that, she arose and quickly, I'm sure she ran too, quickly came to Jesus. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews, who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, said, she's going to the tomb to weep. (laughs) Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, She fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, she was crying, my brother would have not died. Mary threw herself at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that what we are all called to do? Run to the feet of Jesus. Mary understood where her help came from. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Jesus had emotion. Jesus groaned in the spirit. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Jesus was moved with emotion. Lazarus was one of Jesus' closest friends. At the home of Lazarus, Jesus often found rest. Jesus had no home of his own, and I can imagine that Jesus and his disciples often stayed and rested there at Lazarus and his sister's home. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. In those days, they didn't bury people in the ground. They put them in caves and put stones in front like like Jesus was buried in. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, (laughs) she wanted to inform Jesus, Lord, by this time, there's a stench, for he had been dead for four days. 
So she's trying to tell Jesus, hey, hey, Jesus, you know, he stinks. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. That woke you up, didn't it? Do you realize when the word of, and the voice of God goes into the tomb, instant miracle. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth and Jesus said to them loose him and let him go can you even imagine I can just see some of those people going woo backing up hiding maybe behind a, a rock or a cliff or something and kind of peeking around, you know, like, what happened? Can you picture seeing a man who had been dead for four days, buried inside a cave tomb, get up and wobble out? He was wrapped. He was wrapped good. To see somebody, someone come out of a grave must have been either terrifying or amazing. Maybe both. <laughs> and then to see them take the grave clothes off, unwrapping, unwrapping, unwrapping. That took some time. And then to see a perfect man without decay. See, when the, when the minute Jesus' voice went into that tomb, Lazarus! Come forth. Do you realize that he became perfect at that moment? We serve a God who knows no limits. A God who can literally bring the dead back to life. Woo. No limit, God. No limit. Then many of the Jews who had come with Mary saw what Jesus did and believed. They believed in him. When Jesus brought Lazarus back, many were saved there at, at the grave. Many were saved. But those that heard the good news in Bethany and in the towns around were radically changed and they believed. But guess what? But some of them went away to the Pharisees. 
and told them the things Jesus did. You know, there's always, Satan always puts doubters and accusers in a crowd to distort the truth. Even now, today, Satan will always bring in those that will try to pull down and bring down the truth. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? Oh no, for this man works many signs. They were scared. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Here they were, desperate. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all. <laughs> Nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not for the whole nation that and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not saying in his own authority. He didn't he did not know that what he was doing. But being high priest that year, he prophesied. God allowed him to prophesy the truth. He prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. He didn't even know what he was saying. And not, now listen, and not for that nation only, but also that he would rather, he would gather together one the children of God who were scattered abroad. That's us. All Christians. That's enough to have a hallelujah shout. <laughs> but then, you know, right there, the disbelievers, then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. You know, through this story of Lazarus, the Bible delivers the most powerful message to the world that Jesus Christ has the power over death and the grave. And those who believe in him will receive resurrection life. I want all of us to just bow our heads right now. And I'm, I want you to re repeat what I say because I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Lord Jesus... I thank you that you are in my heart, that I am yours and you are mine. We are one. You have come that you could set us free. I know that you are the Lord and Savior. You are my Lord. And you are my Savior. 
And I thank you that you came that I might be set free from my grave and you came and gave me resurrection life. And I love you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. So when you read the stories in the Bible, I just want you not to skim over them like, I've heard this, I heard it a thousand times as a young kid. I want you to dig in deeper and find the true meaning of why this all happened. Because there's so much truth in this. That Jesus, I mean, God used Lazarus for a mighty, mighty miracle. Later in the scripture, it talks about the, um, them going back to Lazarus' house. And that is when Mary washed Jesus' feet with costly oil that was real expensive. It was like a year's wage of oil. I mean, a year's wage, that's how much it cost. It was very expensive. And she uh, used her long hair to wash his feet with this oil. Now, just think about this. When this happened, many people were, were saved then, believed in Jesus. But the oil remained on his feet till his death. The ones that put him on the cross smelt that oil. And it was a very costly oil that, that only everybody knew that if anybody had that oil on them, they were wealthy. And so here he was with this oil on his feet. And so, who knows, when we see Jesus in heaven, we might smell that same oil. I believe we will. <laughs> Amen. You want to turn on Dorman? Turn dormant. The... Yeah. Yeah. I want you to go ahead and tell the story about the little girl. Oh, you do. <laughs> okay. I think you've heard us tell this before, but um, okay. This happened, um, oh gosh, I don't even remember how many years ago it was before we moved so it was about eight, eight or nine years ago maybe I don't know tell me Angie how long ago was it but anyway uh, one of the elders wives in, in Trinity and Amarillo called me early one morning it was like um, oh gosh like 6.30 or so maybe earlier than that I don't know but I know she woke me up, and she said, Jana, you need to pr go pray for this lady. She needs help now. I said, okay. Uh, and she said, um, her husband and her mother called, and, and uh, they live in Hereford, and I, don't, I can't get down there, and you need to pray for them. And I said, okay. I said, tell, tell them to bring her to the church. I need to get dressed and uh, I'll have them bring, me, bring her to the church. Well, she said, Jana, you don't understand. This lady, the husband had told her, 
is on the top of the kitchen cabinet, not cabinet, on the t table, eating raw hamburger meat, and she doesn't have any clothes on, and she's barking and growling like a dog. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good way to be woke up that morning, okay. So I called Dorman and I said, I, I told him, I said, well, okay, what I want you to do is get her dressed. And the husband said, told, said, oh, we can't catch her. <laughs> I said, I don't care what you do. You catch her and you get her dressed. And then you, if, she, if she's fighting you, put, put a, like a towel, a long towel or a piece of cloth around her hands and put them behind her back in time so that she won't scratch you. She thought, you know, there's demons and she thought she's a dog. Anyway, or a wolf or something. Anyway, so here... Here this was going on, and I t called Dorman, in the, and he told the ones in the coffee shop, and I called it. Well, were you living with us at the time? Okay. I called Angie, and I said, meet me over here, and let's pray for this lady, and, and I didn't tell. I, anyway, when I walked in Dorman's office, she was sitting on the couch, and she, they had put clothes on her, and she just had this glazed look in her eyes. Nothing she didn't see or know, know where she was. She just totally demonic. And they had her hands tied behind her back. I never thought about the story of Lazarus, but I walked in, and I mean, it just came out of my mouth, and I said, loose her and let her go. Now, when I said this, I didn't think about what I was doing, really. I just came out of my mouth. Well, Dorman started crying, and I was like, okay, let's untie her and let her go, you know. But I did say that I think that was prophetic, you know. It was something I was trying to. Anyway, God set her free, totally set her free. Uh, she sat there in the couch, and Angie and me and Dorman ministered to her, and she got set free. It was about an hour. When she came to herself, I mean, she's looking down at herself, and she's like, and she said, who are you? Where am I? Why am I in these clothes? Whoa, what's happened? You know, she did not know one thing that went on. Nothing. And she was totally set free. We led her to the Lord. She was saved. Usually we lead people to the Lord before we take them through deliverance. But there's been a few times that we haven't because of things like this. But she was delivered, saved, healed, and when she walked out in the hall, uh, her husband, I guess, was standing out there trying to listen what was going on. <laughs> he backed up, like, okay, you know, he was get, kind of looking wild-eyed, like, hey, what happened, and who, and she she, I said, she's healed. She's delivered and set free. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and, and later that week, her mother called me. And her mother, come to find out why she was all like this, her mother was a witch. And I took her mother through deliverance. Now, can you believe her mother knew all this that happened, but she came in for, for ministry? I think God made her come, but anyway. Um, anyway, when she was in my office, she was the one that went like this. She put her hands in her ears because I was telling all these demons to come out and those witchcraft spirits, and she was going, 
la 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 and I said, well, those demons can still hear me, even though she was screaming this, you know, and doing all this, and I said, and she got set free, but anyway, it was quite a story, that's the story. Yeah.